0: Who do you want to cheer for? Who do you feel like booing against? Have you ever been booed at? Have you ever been booed at? You've never been booed at? We're never ever playing sports and somebody went, have you been booed at, George? If you've ever been booed at, it's not nice, is it? Hang on. Have you ever booed anybody? Come on, admit it. Have you ever booed anybody? Have you ever booed anybody? Yeah, come on. You know, confession's good for the soul, isn't it? Do you fancy having a little boo now? Some of you really want to, don't you? Should we have a boo at Herod? Come on, give Herod a good boo. Why, when you have booed, why have you booed at people? Why is it is it because they've done something, or is it because they uh, have not, you know, usually at sports or another team or something like that that you have booed at people? Have you ever noticed there are always people in every story? That deserve a boo. Have you ever noticed that in most stories there's a villain, and that in most things there's a kind of—and I'm not being Star Wars here—force that pushes against. Have a look at the screen. Here are some villains that uh, in uh, the Disney character. There's Cruella Deville. Or Cruel Devil. As, uh, did you ever pick that up when you were growing up, by the way? It took me ages to work that out, that that's what that meant. Should we have a boo at Cruella? You know, for you dog lovers out there, she wasn't good, was she? You know, and then, and then you've got Scar in uh, The Lion King. Do you remember him? You know? Come on, give him a boo. You, you, you know, and then, and then you've got, uh, what is it, Lotto? What's your name in, in uh, Toy Story? Toy Story 3? You know, some of you parents know the script off by heart because if you have to see it one more time! <laughs> and then, of course... <laughs> Fitz, your lack of faith is disturbing. There's always Darth, isn't there? And, you know, we can all boo him. Let's have a good boo at these villains. You know what? You are so not scary as a congregation. You really are. Oh, boo. Oh, you naughty people. Boo. You know, you are so nice as as a congregation you are. Now, if you're honest, some of you fancy a bit of Naughty but nice, don't you? I'm not talking any rude stuff here, you know, I'm just saying that some of you, you don't mind a bit of anti hero, a bit of rough diamond. A bit of, well, I don't like everybody to be so perfect and correct. And, you know, I I like somebody who's not so manicured and has some courage to break out. I don't think you want people who would hurt people. But I do think you don't want your heroes so clean cut, do you? I think you want a man who can stand a good lashing. I think you want a man who can take a kick and a punch. And yet not lash out himself and stand quietly when everybody's accusing him. I think you want that type of hero. But we must admit there's a bit of both going on in all of us. Did you see that advert about cream cakes? Ooh, naughty but nice. Did you ever see that? There's a bit of naughty but nice going on in every one of us. There's a bit of hero and there's a bit of boo going on for every one of us. Because we all live in two kingdoms at times. It's not that we're schizophrenic, but sometimes we as Christians, and if you're here today checking us out, we apologize for this. Sometimes we give the impression that we think that everybody is bad apart from us. Did you see last week in the snow how there were 4 by 4 drivers, and I didn't know that was a club, by the way, 4 by 4 drivers who got together and helped nurses get to the hospital, and you might have been one of those. Wasn't that great? It was a bit heartwarming, wasn't it? You know, you kind of have a bit of faith in the world again, that we're not all so selfish. But if we're all honest, there is a little bit of conflict and tension going on in all of us, Have you noticed that we all have good days and bad days and we all can sometimes live in the good kingdom and then there's sometimes when we think, man, am I really what I'm supposed to be? That we all do have that little bit of tension, don't we? I don't know whether you've noticed that, that we all struggle at times. Have you noticed something else? That when you're doing the right thing, and you're trying your best, and you're pushing forward, have you ever noticed that there seems to be an opposition against you? And, and shouldn't church be a lot easier sometimes? You think, why can't we just get on? What's the issue? What's the kingdom? What's the push? What's the, what's the, what's the thing? What's the invisible force almost? that's You know, it's like kicking balls up a hill sometimes. Have you ever noticed that, that when you're doing something good at work, has this ever happened to you, that you meant something to go well and it just came out all wrong or that somebody took it wrong and you think, I was only trying to help. Has that been your experience where it seems like there's a force against you and it seems like we worship the king? But it seems like that we're in two kingdoms at times, that things are battling against us. Have you noticed that when you're trying to do good, things go wrong, and it's a bit more than Murphy's Law. Do you know Murphy's Law? Some of us call it Sod's Law, but I don't think you can say that in church. You know Murphy's Law, what can go wrong will go wrong. But it seems a bit more than that sometimes. I remember once I went to a posh do. Can you believe that about me? I went to a posh do one time. And I had to dress up and everybody else was dressed up. And it was like one of those minister do's. Uh, you know, for those of you uh, who are perhaps from the Church of England, a vicar do, you know. And uh, I, I, I remember it was like a buffet or a buffet. I, you know, it really was posh. And uh, we went to this buffet and... Uh, some of you won't be surprised at this, but when I, was, when I was a teenager, actually, I had dyspraxia. So I was like ultra clumsy. And so um, I, I was carrying my plate back to the table and I spilt some gravy right down another minister's jacket that he just had cleaned for the do, you know. And I thought, ooh, that's not, you know, and that, you know, that happens. And then at the same do, I went into the bathroom, the restroom, the, the, the loo, okay, and there was a lady in the loo, and I said, oh sister, you can't be in here, and she went, oh am I in the wrong loo, I'm so sorry, and she, and I chased her out of the loo, and then so I went to the loo, and uh, came out and found out I was in the wrong loo, <laughs> I chased the lady out of the ladies loo, and she apologized to me, and I was in the wrong loo. Now, you could take this story a long way and you could be asking questions, well, why didn't you notice the equipment that's supposed to be in the men's room? The men, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know what I was doing. I don't know. And that happens to all of us sometimes. We, we kind of, stuff goes wrong. But have you noticed sometimes that it unusually goes wrong? It's not just Murphy's Law, it's something more, there's a kind of force against you, there's a personality behind some things, and there's, a, there's an opposition, and there's a push, and there's some things like that. And I think we have to realize that sometimes there's a Herod in all of us. Not, not that we would want to kill children, I'm not saying that at all about anybody here, we would never think that, but there is... There's something in us sometimes whereby we want not to make room for other people or other important things. That we want to say, let me be on the throne of my kingdom and let things revolve around me. We all do things by accident, but have you ever noticed that sometimes we do things on purpose? In the Christmas story, we love the fact, in one it just lovely little cute angels. We love that, don't we? And we love the angels, and we love the wise men, and we love the donkey, and we love the stable, and we're, we're, we're a bit mixed about the innkeeper because we all would have let Jesus stay, surely, maybe. But there's also a Herod. There's a Herod in the Christmas story, and sometimes that Herod is me. Christmas is about making sure that you're in the right kingdom. Christmas is about making sure that you know who's on the right throne of your heart. Christmas is about Jesus coming to rescue us from the Herod within us. Not that any of us would, would be as bad as him, I'm sure. But the part that makes no room for others, Jesus wants to come and move our hearts to a different place. Jesus brings us purpose often in a confusing world. That he wants to be that ground. The Bible says this in Titus 2 verse 11. For the grace of God appeared and we love the fact that he appeared in the form of a baby. The grace of God has appeared that offers salvation, the ability to be saved to all people, and it's this grace that teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. With all of its troubles and trials, God's grace... Can give you the strength to say, no, I'm not doing that, but yes, I am doing that. Here's a a tip for you. In your inner self, when you're going to do something, ask yourself, would grace do this? And then, I'm not just talking about uh, not doing things. Would grace stay silent now? Would grace would God not speak up? Would God not encourage? Would God not not be effusive with praise to other people? Would God not put his arm around somebody and say, Hey, great job, well done. What would God do? Or would God keep you locked up in your own shell? I don't think so. You see, my theme scripture for today is Colossians chapter 1. Verses 13 and 14, and it says this, For he has rescued us from the dominion, or the rule of darkness, and brought us unto the kingdom of his Son, which he loves, in whom we have, number one, redemption, number two, forgiveness of sins. We have been moved from one kingdom into another. And even though we're influenced sometimes, the ground has been changed. And now I'm in the kingdom of his son, whom he loves. And he's brought me back from slavery and told me, Mark, you're forgiven. Does anybody else resonate with that? Which kingdom are you in? Because life... Sometimes a life is a tale of two kingdoms. You see, Jesus coming at Christmas time wants to offer you not just a star nav, as we heard earlier, but he wants to offer you a new sat nav. I love the sat nav, don't you? I love my sat nav. I do. Now, my only trouble is that sometimes I don't switch it on. Kathy often says to me, I don't think I'm dissimilar for some men in the room. Kathy often says to me, why don't we use the sat-nav, dear? I said, oh, no, no, I know the way. And then a bit when we're lost. You see, when we get lost in our car, if Kathy is the culprit of that, we're lost. If I'm the culprit of that, it's a mini adventure. <laughs> so when we get lost, halfway through, Kathy will say, should, should, we, should we turn the sat-nav on, dear? And I'll go, no, no, I know the way, it's fine. 50 minutes in, I say, shall we turn the sat-nav on, dear? And what Christmas is about is you turn the sat-nav on, the spiritual sat-nav, to lead you home. And I think there are some Christians in this place today that you've got used to on being on autopilot, you kind of know what to do. You go through the routine, and you've turned off the sat-nav. The Holy Spirit and his word, and communication and intimacy, where he's nudging you each way, the way. So I always say to Kathy, you don't need a sat-nav when you've got a guide sitting next to you, Cathy. Kathy. And you've got a guide with you that wants to move you in the right direction. And so this morning, as we wrap up our service and as we come to a close, I want to say to you today turn on your spiritual satnav. That's what Christmas is about. It's about saying. I need some forgiveness. And that turns the sat on. It's about saying I need a change. It's about saying that I've been obeying another kingdom too much and it's getting me in trouble. I need to change. And it's turning around and coming to Christ and saying, I'm sorry. Come into my life. Come and direct me. And it's us as Christians saying to ourselves, God, I've been living on autopilot. I'm I'm not really that excited about being a Christian. And coming back to him and saying, will you direct me specifically? Will you teach me where I'm supposed to be saying no, where I've been saying yes? Will you teach me how to be faithful when I feel the opposition against me? see, some of us today might be wondering if God is really there. There may be some people who you've just come to church at Christmas time and you might be thinking, is God really there? There are lots of invisible things that are there that you think that you feel the effects of. If you have a disease and you have an antidote, you don't see what's in the antidote, but you feel the effects of it. Every single person in this room has had a cold. I don't think there's anybody in this room has ever seen a cold germ. See, just because something's invisible to you doesn't mean to say it's not there. In fact, the Bible says a really great verse, which I said to another group, that I felt led to say to another group this week, now to the king who is eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. We have a king and he may be invisible to us, but we can feel the effects of him and sense the direction of him. And I'm just wondering, I wonder, I'm going to ask the worship team to come back, and I wonder if we could all just stand for a moment. Jesus came so that you can choose the right kingdom. You see, eventually, if you turn on your spiritual sat by saying to Jesus, come into my heart, If you say to yourself, I need to make a change. And as you say that and do that, then you begin to have unusual directions in your life. In fact, right now in this moment, perhaps you could think to yourself, my heart has been a little bit conflicted. I've tried to do something and it's not working out. Just raise your hand with me and just say, God, I'm open. I'm switching back on to you. And here's the key. This is the phrase to remember. I fully surrender to you as king. Could you just pray that under your breath? I fully surrender surrender to you as king and whatever you ask me to do I will do it now just stay with me if you've got something on your mind that you've had on your mind for a while some opinion, something, something with somebody else even and you've had that for a while why don't you even just surrender that now and say king can you move me in the right direction, even in that situation? So that our hearts are fully surrendered to the King and that it's His kingdom that we advance. We're going to sing a little bit of a hymn, and then I'm going to come back and just ask you to make a, just a brief response in your mind. Let's sing together, shall we?